You're listening to the Sensuality Project Podcast, where the messiness of real life gets sexy, hosted by Stacey Herrera. This podcast is intended for mature audiences only. Episodes contain profane language and topics of a sexual nature that may not be suitable for children. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Welcome to the Sensuality Project Podcast. I'm your host, Stacey Herrera. I'm under the weather this week. I have been under the weather, underneath, like way underneath the weather for over seven days. And this is completely 100% the result of emotional resistance. So if you've been listening, we talk a lot about being in the body and how everything emotionally shows up in the body and What's happening in our body is is always a reflection of what's going on in our life. And the body is so very literal. And I am having a, a full-bodied experience of that right now. But it's delicious. It's delicious. And I'm leaning in and, and recognizing and being fully aware. Most importantly, I am staying in the room. And I invite you to do the same. <laughs> so on this week's conversation, I'm talking to... My new sister friend, Giovanni Scott. And Gia was actually um, my my Biba, my good friend Biba. Biba, who was in episode one, um, she just referred all of the most amazing women that she knew to me. And Gia is all of the things. One of the things that I love the most about Gia is that her work is all about pussy and I love pussy. So I love that like her focus is all about helping women to reconnect with their yoni, aka pussy, and helping women to release and renew and become unthawed in their relationship with their body and most importantly with their yoni. So in this conversation, we talk about so many things. We talk about sex and we talk about yoni steams and yoni eggs and bacteria. And uh, uh, she offers a really amazing perspective on having the safer sex conversation. I just really enjoyed everything about our chat together because she's just one of those women that I felt like I've known forever, even though this was our this was actually our first time talking. And you won't know it from our conversations because it was so easy and it should be easy, right? So I know that you're going to get out a, a lot, a lot out of this conversation. I, I feel like that every week because the women that I have been having conversations with, every woman has a unique perspective to offer about her own experience living in her body and in living and maneuvering through this thing called life. At the same time, there is something familiar about every single story because we are all connected, right? Yes, it's it's just beautiful. I I love these conversations and I'm so grateful to you for tuning in every week. And if you haven't shared this with your best girlfriends, do that. Because this is not just a podcast, it's a movement. My intention is to help as many women as I possibly can to get really grounded and comfortable in their you-ness. Like, right? Like, I want you to be comfortable in your you-ness. I want you to embrace your muchness. 
I want you to just be all the nesses. <laughs> so share this podcast with your friends. And if, again, I, I probably said this on the last episode, but I'll keep saying it. If if you feel so inclined, do leave a review on whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on. Tweet it, Facebook it, Instagram it, do all, share it in whatever way feels the best to you. And text message works too. I appreciate you for listening and I'm going to be quiet now and let you ear hustle on this so deliciously juicy conversation with Gia Scott. What's your earliest masturbation memory? I was in the shower and the shower head Mm. was <laughs> coming on really, really hard. And I guess my position was just so, and it was just streaming and it was hitting my nipples and then it was going down and I opened up my legs and I might've been about nine and the water just felt so good. And I believe that that was my first orgasm oh, that I can remember. Yes. That is delicious. Now that's what I call And the shower has been my best <laughs> friend ever since. Yes, there's so, water is so sensual. Yes, there's nothing like a good shower. Mm, you are absolutely right. I'm with you. I am with you. Okay, yes. so so how do you have the safer sex conversation? Like before you yeah, sex? like before you get busy with somebody, like what's your approach to the, you know, are do you is there anything I need to know? Like have you had any sexually transmitted diseases? Like I think that people struggle so much with that conversation and so you know, a, a lot of people aren't having it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting. I go by my gut instincts. Mm-hmm. And this may sound a little interesting, but I don't, I don't see men that don't eat healthy. And I know that's kind of weird. But no, I have to know isn't. what you're putting in your body because I don't want all that bacteria. I'm very, very conscious of, because I love to kiss. I'm a kisser. And so I like, to, I look at their teeth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I look at certain things because if you take care of your mouth, hopefully you're going to take care of other things. And so I look at their teeth very, very closely and I look at their diet and I ask them, how much water have you had today? And how much water do you drink on a regular? And, and I kind of look at what is it that they eat? And if they're not eating too, too healthy, I don't really, really want them to be up inside of me. I just, because that's bacteria that you're passing. And sometimes they don't even have to have any of the transmittable things. They can have so much bacteria from eating pork or all the other stuff or too much sugar or whatever, that that produces yeast in us. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really conscious. Very quickly. Yes, very quickly because their diet isn't proper. And so the conversation isn't so much as, you know, do you have any communicable diseases? Tell me about your diet. Tell me about, you know, what it is that you eat and what you drink and how often do you do, you know, are you a smoker? Just all those little things Mm -hmm. that just mean a lot to me. Yes. And once we have that conversation, it kind of trickles into, well, when were you last tested for any, <laughs> anything? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> it kind of just flows. Mm-hmm. It just flows into that. And so, yeah, that's, that's where I, it goes. I now that. I did, I did have a scare 
Mm-hmm. I had this one brother that we were just about to, to be intimate. We were about to get busy. But you know what? We have to learn to follow our instincts a little bit closer. Yes. My instincts were not even like, oh, yeah, you need to get with this. My instincts were, mm, I don't know about this one. However, we were already hot, heavy, and kissing. And then we stopped and he was like, I need to tell you something. And I was like, oh, shit, here we go. <laughs> Well, kudos to him. Kudos for him for even being ready to tell you something now, because a lot of people don't say anything. I know. And he was like, well, you know, when I was younger, um, I was diagnosed with herpes. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know what? I'm glad you brought up herpes because I want to talk about herpes. It is so, but you know, herpes is just a herpes simplex. It's just a fever blister. and, And we all have those, that bacteria in our system. Yes. However, I said to him, well, when's the last time you've been tested? And he's like, it's been a few months. I said, well, you know, let's stop. Get tested again just to make sure everything is cool. And I need to examine your your dick real quick just to make sure you don't have any bumps because we were grinding. And, you know, we want to put this on hold for a second. Uh, yeah. So... The conversation, I don't know, for me, it's easy because I'm just like, listen, I'm going to tell you what I need to tell you Mm -hmm. and we're going to take it from there. We're all adults at this point. And for most men, it's a little uncomfortable to have these conversations. Mm -hmm. So if we lead the way and we, you know, just lead into it and open up the door, then it's a lot more comfortable for everyone involved. I agree. And I do think that, like I told my daughter when she was younger, you know, your vagina is a cup. And anything you pour in a cup stays in a cup. You know, there's a sponge. Put a a straw in a cup and pull it out. It dries off really quickly. So that's the reason Mm -hmm. that men don't have the same challenges. But I was like, that's why it might seem like it's unfair that women have to be the more responsible one because we're the ones that have to worry about pregnancy and all that. But we are the holders of the cup. And Mm -hmm. that's it's important. And, you know, like the, the herpes conversation, I was so triggered by the Usher situation. Yes. I was triggered by it because it was such an opportunity for there to create dialogue around a very misunderstood issue. And yes. people took yes. the same approach. And that's the exact reason that people don't say anything is because people are misinformed and they use anything related to sex to create an opportunity to shame somebody. And I was was so annoyed because I was like, first of all, like when I start the safe sex conversation, I always start off with, have you ever had a cold sore or the chicken pox? Mm, And the reason is because people have this misconception about what herpes is and those are herpes viruses. True. And, you know, everybody has at least two to three strains of herpes in their bodies. Most yes, everyone. No, everyone. Most people have no idea that, mm-hmm. that they don't test you for herpes unless there's a sore. So when people say test right. for everything, they ain't testing you for everything. And most people have it's no true. idea. And that's why I was like that. The fact that it was Usher was unfortunate for him in terms of mm-hmm. out there. But I thought it was a great opportunity to create dialogue. And what I saw on the internet was shaming. Oh my God, let it It was All of those things. That annoyed the mess out of me. And I listened to several podcasts um, hoping that I was going to hear some real talk about it. And the ones that I heard, like mainstream ones, like um, what's that one with Charlemagne? 
It's called. Oh, yeah. Charlemagne the God or something. Yeah. yeah. The morning talks with something. The morning something. Yeah. Well, he has a, a podcast with another guy. It's called the something idiots. I don't know the name of it. But anyways, oh, they talked okay. about it. And they made fun and they, and it, it was, I was, I was disappointed. I was disappointed. So I'm glad that you brought that up because I think that it's so important. And I think, you know, statistically speaking, there is like one in six people have herpes. And what people don't know, the reason the cold sore question is important is because the reason that herpes is spreading so quickly is a lot of people have cold sores and they don't equate it to being herpes. And then they go and do oral sex on other people. And then all of a sudden now, the person who never didn't have any, um, didn't have simplex one now has it in their genitals because you get cold sores and you now sucked a dick or you ate a pussy. And that's why that, that I think that the, the cold sore question is important is because people don't realize that that it's being transmitted in that way. They figure I that, agree. You I know, definitely, definitely agree. I totally agree. Yeah. So I'm glad that you said that. So yeah, I'm looking for the bumps on a dick now. You know, it's it's important. You it's have a, to. It's important. Well, and I think too, like the the conversation is just an important conversation to have. And like I tell men, like these are questions that you need to be asking too. Like exactly, you, know, when you need to be asking these questions too. So it's yeah, it's a thing. It's a thing. So I can't, now I want to talk about. Look, we didn't got like let's let's go deeper. I want to talk okay. about, I really want to talk about Yoni Steams and Yoni Eggs because I am, again, it's, it's so trendy right now and everybody's into it. But here in California, you can get a Yoni Steam with a, with a group on. Like you can go, yeah. like they do it in the same places that they do manicures and pedicures. You can mm. get them at, like they offer it. I, I just went to a Korean bathhouse um, not too long ago. And that was one of the services. And it's not to say that it, everything needs to be deep all the time. But I think that when it comes to doing something so intimate to yes. your most intimate part, that it shouldn't be like a commercialized thing. And I totally agree. I mean, I don't, I have had sisters call me up saying, could I just make them the herbs that go in the pot and they'll do it over the toilet? And I'm just uh, like, what? Yes. A lot of people are advertising you can do your Yoni steam over the toilet. So the toilet is about waste. waste. Thank you. And everything is energy, Stacey. Everything is energy. And so the Yoni is such a precious portal. It is such an intricate, delicate space. And so you have to be very mindful of what you allow. And it's like a sponge. It absorbs everything. And so once that sponge is full, if you keep pouring things, especially if it's toxic, into a sponge, what happens? It starts to leak, right? And so once that sponge begins to leak, you get excess and it manifests in so many different things. You know, fibroids and PCOS and bacterial vaginosis and all the other things that can that can happen. Um, by the womb just being so filled with so much toxicity. And so what happens is, is, you know, people found that the yoni steam, vaginal steaming, which has been around, it's a trend now, but it's been around for centuries. It's been around since sisters in Kemet were about to get married. They would dig a hole in the dirt 
They would pack it with herbs and set it on fire and squat over top of it with blankets and just sweat to make the yoni nice and tight and succulent and juicy. But it also was very healing and powerful. Mm-hmm. And so it's gone from that to being a trend now because it does make the vagina really tight. It does, you know, keep it moist. And so if anybody's suffering from vaginal dryness or any of those things, it also helps keep it moist. But more than that, it's a spiritual journey, mm-hmm. which is why I only do one-on-one sessions with people that want to get a vaginal steam because it also helps you to release a lot of things that need to be released emotionally mm-hmm. so that we can kind of connect with that womb because there's such a disconnect with so us in our womb. Mm-hmm. Such a disconnect. And so the vaginal steaming helps you reconnect again because we do breathing, we do some yoni breathing and just kind of release some things that have been stagnant. I just had a workshop. I'm about to have another one. And the title of it is Who or What Put Your Yoni on Ice? I love that. And what that whole concept is, is about who told us at some point we weren't pretty enough or we weren't good enough, we weren't smart enough, we weren't whatever it is that made us shut down our connection of who we were as a woman. And so it could be from abuse or mother-daughter dynamics, sibling, it could be anything, any type of of trauma that may have happened, or even just us living day-to-day things that make us kind of like question our own instincts. And so at that point, whenever that happens, we begin to not trust our instincts enough. We begin to judge each other. We begin to do all the things that we're not supposed to do. And so once your yoni is on ice, it's like that sponge just keeps absorbing and absorbing and we never release Mm -hmm. all of the things that are so toxic. And then we get disease. And so we're no longer comfortable in our own skin. The vaginal steaming is a way to release all of that toxicity to the universe. And when you get up off the pot, you feel like a new person, literally. You really, I've never, I've, I've done Yoni steamed at home, not over the toilet. <laughs> like I, I will two chairs together and put the pot like in between the chairs and then I wrap myself and sit on it. And then yes. I, I'm usually in for the night though, because after that, I feel like I want to swaddle. and. Mm-hmm. You know, wrap myself up and lay down like because it because it's so cathartic that I sometimes feel like I need to sleep after yes 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 because you release some toxins mm-hmm. but and I so can't even imagine why. doing that over the toilet yes people do yes 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 it has become such a fad and such a trend right now that people are not really understanding the deep concept of what this really is they're just doing it whenever, wherever, however. Yep. Well, <laughs> like so, so many things. You know, the same thing with exactly. the crystals. The same thing with the crystals. You know, um, ever since, I think it was Regina Hall went on whatever late night talk show and talked about like um, Yoni eggs. And now it's become all the rave and everyone is, you know, buying Yoni eggs off Amazon and all kinds of <laughs> Oh my goodness, but you don't, they don't understand the whole concept of, again, everything is energy. Mm-hmm. Everything is energy. I'm going to say it one more time. Everything is energy. <laughs> <laughs> because agree. when you're putting these quote unquote crystals up into that portal and you're absorbing whatever energy, you know, hopefully they will cleanse the stones and, and all of those things and sage them and allow the moon and the sun to charge it. 
But even still, you don't know the intention behind what went into that stone, that crystal. And so people are selling these things just to make a quick profit. However, you know, I sell yoni eggs as well. But all of my stones, I have prayed over these stones. I have saved these stones. I have put them in the sunlight to be charged. Like before I actually place the stones out for sale, there is such a process that I go through because whoever touches this stone mm-hmm. and puts it in their womb, I want them to be blessed. Yes. I want them to, to receive whatever it is that they're looking for because it's such a, it's such a energetic experience. And so to just get some crystals off of, you know, wherever, you need to do some research. Are they really authentic? Like where did they come from? Right. You know, who is selling them? What's the intention behind, you know, who is selling them? And so it's really, you know, people, we don't, we, we've learned to not put much thought into doing things. These mm-hmm. days we just go because it's the trend or that's the latest fad or, you know, everybody want a tight vagina. And so they're doing whatever they can do um, to make it seem as though they really know what they're doing, but they really don't. They have yeah. no clue of the energy that they are manifesting when they do certain things. Well, and I think that it's also so we live in such a time where we are constantly seeking outside of ourselves for what's yes. already available inside. And so the concept of like using your body with all its infinite wisdom to discern what is true for you and what isn't is foreign to, to so many people. And there is, there's the disconnect, you know, like from the neck down, but often for women from the waist down, like we're completely disconnected from our most sacred space. Yeah. It's, it's, we're numbed out. And I understand like. We are numbed out. Yes. Numbing is easy. It's on ice. The yoni's on ice. It's It's frozen. It's frozen in time. And Stacey, when so many sisters come to me, when I say sisters, I mean all women, all Mm -hmm. women come to me and they're having issues with their relationship and they're like, he won't do this and he won't do that. And I say, well, listen, you have to correct you first. It starts with us. The nation will not be healed until we as a collective of women, of women, of sisterhood, until we heal ourselves. Absolutely. It's not going to happen until then. No. And, and, you know, um, it's so funny because when, when our current president was elected and everyone was all up in arms and all of the, you know, um, everyone started coming together and there were all of these, you know, movements and picket signs and, you know, all of these different things. That's great and everything. But if you are, if you are having discord in, within your house, if you're having discord, not just in your physical house with the people that live in it, but with in your in the one home you truly have in this lifetime in your body, if you're having discord mm-hmm. with you, if you are having discord with you, then you your picket sign doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean you, anything. You need to start at your first point of contact. And that with, yes. is with the relationship with yourself. You need to be the relation your interpersonal relationships with those close to you. You know, you want to complain about what the president is saying and you haven't talked to your mama. Right. <laughs> you know, you don't, you, you, you giving the stank out to your neighbor who, you know, like what are you, you need to work on the stuff that where you really can make an impact. That's right. That's right. In your immediate circle. That's where you make the biggest impact and, and it ripples exactly. out. It ripples out. Instead, people want to bypass that though. We want to bypass. Like we don't, we want to jump right to, 
you know, the embassy. We want to be at the embassy, you know? <laughs> right. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm standing for this. I'm, I'm going to Charlottesville. Yeah, that's great and everything. But what are you doing in your own house? I was kidding, but what happens when you get home? Right. You know, and a lot of time we're scurrying around because we don't want to be home. No. There's no peace, There's no peace at home. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, yeah, you can focus on everybody else's stuff. Yep. So you don't want to deal with your own stuff. Absolutely. And it's easier. It's easier to go outside. True. That you is know, true. It's, it's, I mean, so I'm not by any means saying that it's, uh, it's so easy and everybody. No, it isn't. And I get why people do. The, I get why people numb out. I get it. But you mm. can you cannot have long lasting, effective, impactful change until you start at the self level. That's to start within. That's true. That is true. That is it, so true. Yes. I mean, it is so this year. Um, I just was having a conversation with one of my friends. Um, she's Canadian, and she was like. It's been it's the worst time ever to be in the service industry. And I said, it's been the worst time all year long because it was the presidency and then it was, you know, the racism and then Charlottesville. And I was like, now it's the hurricane. I was like, it feels Mm -hmm. like the worst time because now all of these things are either an invitation or a distraction. So it's either an invitation for you to go in and actually do some real healing Mm -hmm. and take Mm -hmm. real stock, or you can be distracted and get caught up in everything that's happening externally, thinking that it's something out there that needs to be changed. Right. When it's not. I don't know. I think this is the best time. I think that the universe is shifting us. It's shaking us up. Mm -hmm. It's nudging us. First it was a nudge, but now the universe is like, get your ass together. Right now. Yep. Like, get it together. And so people are waking up. You know, the the subconscious and everything is just, you know, the level of consciousness is beginning to kind of, people are unthawing. I'm telling you, I just think everybody was just frozen in time. And people are just beginning to unthaw. You know how when you're really, really cold? Well, you may not know because where you live. but (laughs) (laughs) I I wouldn't know anything about that. (laughs) But when it's really, really cold and you're like, ah... And your fingers are numb, but then you get that gnaw, that unthawing and your fingers start to ache and everything just starts to warm up. But then you become alive and the blood starts flowing again. And then there's like a clarity. There's a, a, a sense of, of clear, okay, I can see things. And so I think that that's the shift that the universe is doing. All of these things are going on, but it's making us wake up to we're, what are we doing here? You know, why are we doing things the way that we're doing it? And why is there so much turmoil and chaos? But it also allows us to kind of go within. Either we're going to be more loving or more hateful. Which one are you going to choose? Mm-hmm. And so it's making us make a choice. Well, and I think that it's really cellular memory um, manifesting outside now. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. All of the stuff that none of this is new. You know, none of right. it's new. <laughs> like none of it's new. All of it. But is when awful. you've been frozen in time, it is new again. Yep. When once you begin to unthaw, you know, it's like a, a reawakening. And no, it's not new, but it's refreshing to kind of like walk into who you are. And I think that it's such an opportunity. Like I, I feel like I feel like Donald Trump is just what we needed. I, I think that we needed somebody that was going to shake people awake. And he's, mm-hmm. he's, he's an, he's an accidental master teacher. 
you know, like, and I don't even think the universe did it. The universe doesn't make accidents. No, no, no. The universe doesn't, but I'm saying he doesn't, that's not his intention. When I say accidental, that's what I mean. Like that's not his intention intention (laughs) to be actually shaking people away. Um, I, but I do think that life happens in exact order and that everything unfolds how it's supposed to. Um, but I'm like so unbothered. I'm so unbothered by all of these things. Like, <laughs> I am too. But is that like, does that make us like unemotional? No. Because <laughs> I'm not bothered you know, by, yeah. it's just I know everything is going to be okay. Absolutely. Like, I think that it's, um, again, I think that unbothered comes though, when you've done a lot of inner work. Right. Because I agree with that. You know what I mean? Like when you've done a lot of inner work, you know that outer circumstances do not influence the flow of your internal conditioning. Exactly. And exactly. So, you, so you can afford to be unbothered. Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because I'm like, is something wrong with me that I'm no. not really upset or angry or, you know what I mean? Like none of those things. I'm just not. Well, and you know, anger is the emotion that sits on the top. So it's the most accessible. And that's the mm-hmm. reason people first get mad because people get mad even when something is tender. Like, you know, like a True. mom might get mad. Their kid is hurt and she mad. No, she's not mad at the child. It's just that that's the emotion that sits on the top. And, and she right. would rather feel that than feel the tenderness of, of the discomfort that comes from seeing her child in pain. Mm-hmm. So you, That's so true. a lot of people are angry because they haven't done enough work to be deeper because anger is, is on the true. surface, you know, under, so underneath though, at the deep level, look, it's anger or tears. And most people choose anger mm. because it's a lot easier to, to deal with if, if you can, anger creates a barrier between you and the thing, whereas right. tears eliminate the barrier. When the tears come, there's no barrier. Right, right. And, you know, and, and all of this, and the great thing about all of this discomfort, whether it is, and I'm by no means saying like, oh, it's great that, you know, Houston is currently underwater. I'm not saying that at all. But no, the, the great thing not. about the discomfort and all of the discord is pain is intimate. Pain is intimate. That's why, True. that's why cancer brings people closer. We, people, oh, I fuck cancer. Yeah. But guess what happens when someone has cancer? All of a yep. sudden, that person that they ain't talked to you in years is at your house yep. bringing you soup. Those family members that that you have felt some kind of way about, all of a sudden there they are rallying around how we gonna take turns to make sure you're gonna be all right. Pain mm-hmm. is intimate. It's a very intimate experience. It draws people closer. So it does. It does. And that's sad because it should be, you know, so many other things besides pain to bring us together. But, you know. Well, but at the same time, there's nothing grows in the light. Trees don't grow while the sun is out. They wait until moon and then they grow in the dark. You know, like you have a kid, you and your kid is one size and the next morning you're like, how did you get bigger? In the dark. Mm. Growth happens in the dark. So mm. like, you know, it's in our resistance to the growth. That's the problem. Okay. You know, like okay. but th- there's beautiful, beautiful things happen in the darkness. Like, why do we need to sleep? Like this body is this amazing piece of technology. Why does it need to shut off at nighttime? So that mm. gr- so that growth happens, healing happens while you're sleeping. That's why sleeping is so important. Right. Your brain right. clears off everything that isn't supposed to be there. It gets cleared overnight. Like you wake up refreshed and renewed. Like the dark yeah. is, is good. 
True. Look, okay. Look, se- sexy things happen in the dark. I, I really like dark time sex. Like, <laughs> okay, I'm feeling it. <laughs> you know, the, the vagina is cloaked in darkness. Like the womb is, is dark. It is. You know, it is it's, dark in there. Is. There is no light shining inside the confines of this body. Like beyond your esophagus, it's the end. After that, it's complete darkness. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but it works so beautifully. It works so beautifully. It does. And then, you know, well, there is a light in there because in the pit of the womb is a ball of fire. Oh, you know? yes. Yes. It's always spiraling. And so, you know, it's our job to keep that, that spiraling piece of ball of fire going, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. But now let's let's have some intercourse. Look, let me ask you, what makes you moist? Mm, great conversation. <laughs> yes. Like I'm if you can you. simulate, you can fuck me in my mind all day long and I would just sit there like, oh my God, I love yes. this person. Mm-hmm. Like I love that mental stimulation. Oh my it's nothing like it. It's nothing like you just massaging my brain yes. with your words. Um Look, sapiosexuals unite. <laughs> <laughs> But then other than that, it's the way that you touch me. You know, I want you to touch me with more than just, you know, your hands. And I know it's like really cliche, but I want you to touch me when you look at me without Mm, it being physically touching. Let me know that you want me from across the room. Mm -hmm. You speak in my language. And those kind of things. Yes. You know, and then once you smile at me and I see those beautiful teeth, it's a wrap. Girl. (laughs) <laughs> Look, good teeth are so important. Aren't they important? Good because teeth it's are important. Like, yes, it is so important. Oh, yes. You know, and it's so funny because I, you know, like I've known people that are like, I don't go to the dentist. I'm like, look, I don't really believe in Western medicine, but I believe in Western dentistry. I tell you, me too. <laughs> look, look. If nothing else, yes. Oh look, my goodness, yes. I got an appointment next week. Like I'm gonna make look, one. My cleaning <laughs> is on point every time. My daughter, like she, she's 22 now, and she complains. And I told her, I said, you know, let me tell you something. You are gonna be so grateful when you get older. Yes. You're gonna so be grateful. so grateful that this was such a huge priority for me because yes. it ain't nothing like an old yuck mouth to send people running. Yeah, just yuck. Ugh, just mm. yuck. You can be the nicest person, the greatest personality, everything can be flawless. But when you open that mouth and you foaming at the teeth and everything. Girl, <laughs> you know, it's so interesting. I saw um, just a couple of weeks ago, I saw a guy and his teeth were severely discolored. And I could tell, though, that it was an internal situation. And it wasn't it wasn't like it wasn't stains from like coffee or tea or cigarettes or anything mm. like because it was so uniform. I knew that there was something happening internally and I couldn't help thinking like, I wonder what it is. That you've, mm. ne- that you've neglected for so long that your body mm-hmm. felt it necessary for it to manifest in the one place you cannot ignore. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Wow. I didn't That's ask good. him, but that was my thought. Like, mm. Right. Because wow. if, if yeah. you ignore anything, like any emotion that gets unprocessed, that doesn't get processed to completion, gets lodged in your body. And if you ignore it, it will manifest by any means necessary to the surface. It will. That is so true. I mean, yeah. To the that surface. That is definitely true. To the yes. surface, yes. Okay, definitely. so what are what are three things that you like to do naked? 
I love to do naked yoga. Mm. It is just so amazing. Like naked yoga is just beautiful. I just came back from Dominica. I was in Dominica in St. Lucia. I actually got into the river and went into a waterfall completely naked. (sighs) Look, I am melting just hearing you say that. It was just beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Mm. But I also recently just went to a nude beach. How was that? In New Jersey. It was, it was, you know, I laid out and I just, I love the sun to hit every part of my body. So, you know, I'll lay there and I'll just open up my legs so that the sun, you know, because the sun is masculine. Yes. And so I love the, the sun to just penetrate my yoni and just Girl. give me mm-hmm. all, and my whole body just heats up. And I love that. Mm-hmm. I love to sunbathe and I love to do naked yoga and I walk around my house naked all day whenever I'm here and um, Look, I'm nude yeah. right now I totally am yes. <laughs> anything in nature I love to do naked because yes our skin is the biggest organ so we can absorb all of that energy from the universe and from nature and mm-hmm. all of that oxygen from the trees and oh it's just amazing yes I, you know, we don't have a nude beach here, but I have. You uh, don't? No, we don't. Not that I know of. Like, yeah, we don't have any. Um, but I have skylights in my bedroom, so I often open my legs to the sun. (laughs) Yeah, and it hits right, right on my bed, so I'm able to. It's great. It's great. It's it's it sucks on days when. I'm like, I really would love for it to be like nice and dark and cloaky, but so I never get those days, but. It's nice. I get to see the moon without going outside and I get to get the That's sun. Nice. I get kissed by the, the sun, sun every yes. day. Beautiful. Yeah. Yes. It's a beautiful thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. So in terms of relationships, do you think that sex is a luxury or a necessity? It is a necessity, baby. Like, Girl, it is such a necessity. It. Yes. <laughs> Listen. We are sexual beings. That is how we came into fruition. Thank you. Life is sexually transmitted. From the act of connecting sexually. And so if we disconnect from who we are innately, there's going to be a disconnect all around. Like mm-hmm. I have ended relationships. If 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 a person isn't good, because I need to be, I need to have everything. I need to experience your tongue, your lips everything. And so if you're not good at oral sex, mm, that might be a deal breaker for me sometimes. If Thank you're not you. great with, you know, the way that you just caress me, because I don't want you to always just go for titties and ass and pussy. I want you to just caress me all over. Yes. And I want somebody you to touch that my hair that? and play in my hair. Yes. Mm-hmm. These are all things. And so, yes, everybody's like, oh, you can have intimacy without penetration. No, I cannot. Some people can. I don't want to. Yes. I just don't yes. desire, you know, Mm-mm, that's a no. That's a no for me. I need all of that. So it's a necessity. Definitely. Um, I'm with you. You know, I love the feeling of being full and that's the reason that I'm currently heterosexual. I mean, I'm, I, I, I currently am not bisexual or bi-curious. I haven't ever been. I don't know if that's always going to be true. But as right. it stands What's right now, now, right yeah. now, 
right, right now, now. I, I love the feeling of being full. I love the feeling. Me of being too. Penetrated. It's nothing like when they just that penetration of yes. the feeling of just having that. And it's not, you know, people are like, oh, you can use a dildo, but no, it's not the same. No. It's also an energetic connection. It's not the it's, same. It's not the it's same. It's nowhere near the same. It's just not the same. No. Mm-hmm. And not same. I'm not really, even I, I have a couple of toys. But I don't like to penetrate myself with things Me that, are, that, aren't, that aren't people. So, like, if I use a dildo, it's only on externally. Like, I don't put it inside because... Well, every now and then I will use a cucumber because I will peel... Every Friday, actually, I have a ritual. Mm-hmm. You know, Friday is Venus Day. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the planet Venus is just all about beauty and eroticism and sexuality and abundance. Yes. And she's, a cucumber, she's my goddess. you peel... <laughs> Yes, a cucumber is an astringent, Mm -hmm. it's toning, it's tightening. And so every Friday, I do this bathing ritual. I have this really big tub, and so I'll fill it up with different crystals and some sea salt and different essential oils and all of that, and maybe some rose petals. And I'll peel a, a cucumber, and I will just masturbate and just penetrate myself with that cucumber because it's nice and cold and mm-hmm. it just feels really good and I'll let the juices run down my fingers and I'll squeeze it and sometimes when I'm done I'll actually eat it because I want to know how I taste oh, yes so I want to make sure that I'm still tasting good and so that's the only thing other than the penis that I will allow to penetrate me but the cucumber is my Friday ritual. Uh, you know, that is one of my favorite fruits. Like I like, yes. like I love cucumbers. So they are my favorite. And you know, Mine what's interesting. Too. I'm glad that you talked about tasting yourself because I, I am completely enamored with my taste and with my smell. And because of it though, like so many people shy away or we spend a lot of time, particularly here in America, we spend so much time and so much money masking our scent covering that up no yes. it's an f it's like a natural what's it called a pheromone mm-hmm. it's and exactly so, yeah. and, and if you and if you stop covering it up like i can tell when i'm ovulating by smell mm-hmm. i can tell when my period is getting ready to come yeah um and and there's been a lot of changes in the way that i smell because now i am a 40 something woman and I I can now tell tell the difference that I'm like, oh, you know, like now I smell different than I've ever smelled because mm-hmm. my body is changing. My hormones are changing right. and everything is shifting so I can smell the shift. Um, but a lot of women um, have a very distorted perception around they their do. natural they, scent. They do. I am so in tune with my body that if I've just had sex with someone and our chemistries didn't really connect. Our chemistries really wasn't compatible. I can even smell that. And I'm just yes. like, oh, I'm not going there anymore with that one. Because it's a different, it's a different, you know, and I taste myself. And so it's not as sweet as it normally would be. And so mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, maybe he lied to me about eating some burgers or something. I don't know. But it make, I it know makes I, a difference. <laughs> it makes a difference. It yep. makes a difference. I'm so glad, you know, it's so interesting because like the pussy is such a great truth serum. Yes. It will definitely tell you if someone is compatible. I had a very strong experience once with someone that 
I really liked him. I really liked him. And we had a lot of great, like we, we got along really well, but I mm-hmm. knew something was off. And mm-hmm. when my pussy started acting up, at first I wanted to ignore it because I wanted it to be wrong because I right. liked him. And I ignored it for as long as I could. <laughs> like I really, I was like, I'm going to do all of the stuff that I need, you know, everything holistic. And then I, but I knew what was going on because, you know, I was also mm-hmm. having some stuff going on in my throat. And I was like, okay, I need to have a conversation and I need to disrupt this thing. And within 48 hours of me saying that I couldn't see him anymore, my pussy was back to normal because that's what it was. And I knew it. And I knew it. I wanted to be wrong, though. I was like, no, not him. I like him. (laughs) (laughs) But it wasn't right. But it wasn't right. I know. But the body doesn't lie. No, it's so literal. It's so literal. And it always tells you exactly what you need. And it will always Mm -hmm. tell you the truth. Unlike your mind, your mind is really committed to your making you feel safe, even if what feels safe isn't safe. And it Mm -hmm. will lie to you all day. Yes, all day It will lie to you. But your body, it is not in the business of lying. It communicates only in truth. Only in truth. So true. So true. Yes. It's Mm -hmm. a beautiful thing. It is. It It is a beautiful thing. What do you think about in terms of like being fully embodied, do you think that a woman needs to begin in her womb space in order to like really fully inhabit herself? I do. Um, Because that's the portal of the connection to the universe. Mm -hmm. That's our direct connection. Yes. Um, And so if the womb is in a good space, everything else just kind of flows. Everything flows. And and even like the space that we're in now, all the turmoil around us, we are still in a good space because we have that connection. Yeah. Once you I... tap into that connection, nothing can really shake you. I mean, we're going to have a little, you know, turbulence here and there. Of course. But that divine connection can't be severed. I agree. And so that is the beginning of everything. Healing the womb is so important. Do you know 95% of all African-American women suffer from either fibroids, um, what's the other thing, um, endometriosis, Mm -hmm. some type of womb issue of some type. We have such, we also have a very, we have, we have, we often have a very tense relationship with our maternal lineage. And, mm-hmm. and I, I believe that I, when they say that fibroids are hereditary, I don't, I, I believe it's true, but not in the medical sense. I believe not that in the medical, not sense. in the medical sense. I believe that it's, we inherit the wounds of our past. And I had fibroids and my mother had fibroids and my sister had mm-hmm. fibroids and her, and mm-hmm. you know, my grandma, my mother had a prolapsed uterus and my great grandmother mm-hmm. had a prolapsed uterus, but they all had very distressing relationships with their mother. Mm -hmm. And so it made sense that there would be challenges around the the, the female anatomy because there was a wound that kept carrying in our cellular DNA. So Mm -hmm. by the time it got to me, I, I was like, I've been charged with healing this wound for every woman that has lived and will live on my line. Mm-hmm. That I know that that is my responsibility, and that that's one of the things that I came here to do. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I say, 
I I received that. Um, because I've been researching fibroids for a long time, and just like you, you know, I used to have them. Um, my grandmother had a hysterectomy. My mother had a hysterectomy, and so I was like, "There's something's going on here." Mm-hmm. When I did the research, you know, fibroids have roots. Mm-hmm. They root themselves. They root themselves in your uterus or your fallopian tubes or your ovaries, but they're rooted in anger. Fibroids are directly connected to anger. And so once you kind of dig through, and this is another thing that I do when they're on the pot, I always ask the sisters, because, you know, behind anger is fear. Fear is anger, just fear turned backwards. Absolutely. Yep. And so I always, 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 no matter who's on my pot, I ask them, what are you afraid of? Mm -hmm. What are you afraid of? And 50% will just bust out crying. The other 50 will just you know, get really kind of emotional and just, you know, but everybody's afraid to be hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, we're afraid to be wounded. We're afraid to trust. We're afraid to love. We're afraid of just so many different things that we stay in this shell. Yep. And we're just afraid to just be fully expressive. And so I say to them, who cares if he doesn't receive the love that you're giving and he, you know, doesn't, do what he's supposed to do. Love anyway. Mm-hmm. Your Just love, love anyway. Yes. And if the recipient isn't worthy, exactly. If the recipient isn't worthy, then just move on to the next person that is more worthy than that one. But don't shut down and be afraid to love because mm-hmm. you shut off that portal, which is that womb portal. And we can't keep it closed. We can't keep closing that portal. You know? You And you know, oftentimes too, is that... A lot of women that don't have creative outlets tend to get fibroids because your body will create something. If you want, if you refuse to create, it'll create, it'll make something. It'll make something. That's what it's designed to do. It's designed to create. It doesn't matter if you're making babies or drawing pictures. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. No, it's true. Making babies, drawing pictures, making businesses successful. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Cooking, Just being whatever. able to do you anything. Create something. Yes, you have to create creating a beautiful space yep. where people can come in and feel comfortable and nurtured. Just being able to create Absolutely. that creativity. Oh, that because that's what it is. That's the, it's the portal of creativity. Absolutely. And you know, it's interesting. Like I've had women say to me, "I'm not creative," and they mm. tend to have the hardest time with the fibroids. Mm. like just well you, you can't maybe you can't maybe you're not a drawer I, I can't draw I can draw one eye and that's it can't make a pair <laughs> right uh, can't make a pair you know maybe you're not a writer and maybe maybe muse maybe you're not a musician and you can't sing that doesn't mean that you can't create just because it doesn't look like what everyone else right there has and just to be because something. you don't think that you can't sing sing anyway in the shower look can I tell you how good I sound in the shower Yes. <laughs> I, I sound so look, Beyonce ain't got nothing on me with the right, right. with the right shower and with the right tiles. <laughs> me and her can go toe-to-toe. <laughs> yes, I'm telling you. Now now I can't now I can't leave the shower. <laughs> but but in there I am I am the queen bee. <laughs> 
but it's, it's an essential no. part of womanhood is, it is, is. we're designed is. for that. It is. And Stacy, do you know, I can't even tell you when these women get on the pot, you know, the throat chakra, because we have been silenced for so long mm-hmm. and we no longer how we no longer feel comfortable in speaking our truth. Yes. And so we will agree to things that we don't even want to agree to. We'll say yes when we really want to say no. Yep. We'll say no when we really want to say yes. And so one of the things that I have them do is when they get on the pot to take a nice deep breath in and open up their mouth and just let it out. Half of them sound like broken chickens. They're like, oh, they don't know how to scream. They don't know how to just open up that chakra and let their voice be heard. Yeah, they're afraid they're, to they're do afraid. that. They're afraid. You know, like it. My they. Everyone makes jokes about me in my house because I yawn with a lot of sound, <laughs> and um, and I and I'm often breathing out. Like it, it's nothing for me to be like. <sighs> And what's wrong? Yes. Nothing. Keep that wrong. portal open. Yes. I'm like, nothing's wrong. I'm not mad. Like, I'm just releasing because you can feel the energy move when you use your yes. voice. Which is why I love yoga so much. Yes. It's all about releasing and that breathing and that internal breath and just being able to exhale. It's so important. It's so important. Usually my sessions the whole time, sometimes I just teach people how to breathe. We just stay there and just we go over it and over and over again until they're able to just sigh or just Mm -hmm. scream. Like you can scream. I give you the permission. When's the last time you just had a good scream? Exactly. It's so vital. And and it's not at all accidental that our vocal cords look exactly like the entrance of our womb space. The the larynx looks exactly like the the cervix. Isn't that beautiful? Absolutely. Because they're so closely intertwined energetically. Yes. Yes. Energetically. Yes. And women are being called to be fully expressed, to be fully Mm -hmm. expressed. And that means like being willing to have those uncomfortable conversations, Mm -hmm. you know, being willing to, to, instead of, instead of making jokes or becoming sarcastic, being willing to be tender, even if tears are part of the part of the deal. I cry mm-hmm. about something every day. Mm, about something. really? Yep, at least once a day. Like Ooh. it's a it's a running joke. Like my daughter, are you about to cry, mom? I'm like just a little. Yep, I'm about to cry. <laughs> Look, I, I am not ashamed. <laughs> I am not ashamed. We, my daughter's birthday was the other day, and we were, we went to the beach for her birthday, and. I was like, okay, well, we're going to go around and everyone can, you know, say something loving about her and what our wish for her in her next year is or whatever. And so, of course, I immediately, and my nephew was like, don't start. I was like, look, (laughs) I'm not ashamed to cry. And if you can't handle it, turn around. I cry every day about something. Like, it could be a commercial. It could just, it could just be a conversation. I could read something. It it could it could be a song like I cry about something every single day. That's cleansing, though. You know, mm-hmm. tears are very cleansing. It's not an accident that they have the almost the exact same chemical makeup as urine, <laughs> mm, right? <laughs> you know, and and peeing peeing is one of my favorite things. I, I really love living in this body so much, but I love to pee. I love to poop. I love pooping. You know, I do enjoy pooping. Um, I, I do. I, you feel lighter right away. But like yes, I love that the relief. 
Yes. I love the sensation of peeing, especially like if I'm going through something and I'm need, I know I need to release. Like I don't mm-hmm. need, I don't need to wait for a full moon. I will spend the whole day and every single time I go pee, I will intend to release some, some of what I'm holding. And by the end of the day, day, I feel lighter because I'm like, there are all these opportunities. Like our body is constantly in the, in the state of release. It's not trying to hold if we allow it, if we allow things to move through us, you know, a lot of people suffer from constipation because not because they, they love to say it's because of, I'm not eating enough fiber. No, it's because you holding on the shit. You emotional hold on to shit. shit. There you go. Yep. Emotional if you hold shit. on to shit, you can't let go of shit. You can't the let body, go. The body is literal. <laughs> the body is very literal. That is so true. Oh my goodness. So here, here's <laughs> Which is a, why I shit as much as possible. Right? I just want to let go of it. I do. And and of course, when you eat right, shitting is easy. Yes, it's easy. It's easy. And it's so pleasurable. It is. It should, it should be. I mean, you feel so much lighter the minute, the minute you let it go. That it's just like, oh my goodness, that was good. But Mm -hmm. people resist that. People resist, people resist feeling anything, but I want to feel everything. I I am, I am here for the heartbreak. Like, I'm Mm. like, I'm, look, I'm not afraid. Like, I'm not afraid. I will love you even if you don't love me back. Because if my love is contingent on your loving me, then I don't love you, do I? Yes, exactly. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I'm here for it. I love you in spite of, yes. Yes, let's talk about porn, though. Okay. (laughs) Look, let's talk about porn and the disservice that porn is doing to Mm. our sex lives. Yes, yes, because... (laughs) I just think that it has done, it has tainted the perception of what really, what sex and lovemaking should should be about. Yes. You know, Mm -hmm. um, it shouldn't be an acrobatic act. Right? (laughs) Right. And I don't have to scream the whole entire time. Right. Um, But I think that because when people look at, and it's also an addiction, you know, yeah. you can get really addicted to looking at porn, so much porn that you you, you lose touch with reality. I, yeah, I think that it's, it's definitely, it's definitely a problem. And I'm not, I mean, I'm not a visual person myself, so porn does nothing mm-hmm. for me. But mm-hmm. I'm not saying that people can't have healthy doses of porn. The problem is, is most people don't know how to have a healthy dose of porn. It's like right. chips, you know, like if you know you are a Doritos person, you probably shouldn't buy the big bag is what I'm saying. Exactly. No, I agree. And, I and agree. then too, porn isn't real. So like the, thi- the things that they're doing on porn, like the camera angles, like the reason that you can see is because they have to make sure it would be very unenjoyable for people visually if all they were doing was watching people have regular sex, because in regular sex, you barely are seeing the dick. Or the pussy, because usually the two pieces, the two parts are so close together that you can't really see them. Right. So they they make it so that you can see. And that's the reason it's not real. And then the concept, like I feel like, and again, I haven't watched a ton, ton of porn, so I don't have a lot of visuals to access for this conversation. But (laughs) what, but what I have seen of porn, it always looks like the pussy is being abused to me. And yes, I agree. I agree. I totally agree. I and do. Consequently, though, there are a lot of people 
And I'm going to speak to men because that's what I know. Um, So I'm going to say men. I imagine that there might be some women who have the same experience with um, sleeping with women, but I don't know. But a lot of men don't even know how to touch a pussy because they've been watching porn. And like, you know, if you pinch a, like pinching the clit, like stop touching my clit like it's a nipple. It can't yes. withstand the same amount yes, of pressure. Don't do that. Yes, exactly. Or sucking it like it's a nipple for that matter. It, you know, like mm-hmm. I remember saying to someone once, do you know there are 8,000 nerve endings in that one spot? Don't do that. They don't know that. Right. But it's, they it's don't like, know that. It's like, please don't do that. Like, you cannot treat you cannot treat this like you treat a nipple. It's not the same thing, right? It's not this thing. It's not the same. It is, and then just don't be pounding on me. Like, like just don't be pound, bang, 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 bang. Right. Like, stop, stop, uh, stop already. Just stop. But that's what it looks like on porn. So that's what they think it's supposed to be like. Well, I do have to tell you. I have to say, you know, that there are some men out there that understand there that are it's not all about that yes, there, there are, are some really really great love making men out there that take their time that get to know your body that really take the time to to learn how to touch you the way you want to be touched and and all of that and so those are the ones that I stick to <laughs> look look can we just can we just pause to thank those men thank you yes <laughs> thank you <laughs> For showing you up, know, for there are some president. out there. Yes, there, there, there <laughs> are a lot. <laughs> and I always have a question for men when I meet them, you know, because for me, there are two types of men that the creator made. The one type that will eat your pussy just because they know that that's what you want. So they just want to please you. That's the one type. But there's a second type that, that the creator made specifically for us. And those are the type of men that they love to eat pussy. They would just, it's like, they'd rather eat pussy than dinner. And they don't mm. just do it just because, oh, I just want to please her. No, it pleases them just as much yes. as it does. And so those are the ones that I hone in on. And so I asked them the question, you know, and of course, a lot of them will be honest and say, well, I do it just to please my partner. Mm, all right, bye. Right. But there are others that are like, no, I love to eat pussy. And you can tell by the way that they say it. Mm -hmm. by the look on their face, by the expression, that they're really honest. Mm -hmm. And those are the ones that I kind of steer my way to. I heard that. Mm -hmm. Well, and you know, I think that it's it's trendy for a lot of men are like, I am all about my partner's pleasure. Mm. But a lot of a lot of men, it's just the thing that they say. They don't really, they don't even know what that means. Like what? what Exactly. Exactly. What does that mean? And, but then to, to a man's credit, there are a lot of women who can't be present for sex. So, so it's very challenging. Um, one of my friends was telling me the story about this woman that he's like, you know, I really like her, but I really don't enjoy having sex with her because it's so hard to please her. So I said, okay, Mm. well, first of all, I said, her pleasure is not your job. She has to participate. And And I was like, but you're really present. So I was like, I know that you see when she leaves the room. And I was like, cause it might mm-hmm. feel like you're doing it and then she's close and then it seems like it moves and then you mm-hmm. have to go chasing it again. And I was like, but right before it moves, you will see her leave the room. And I was mm-hmm. like, your job is to see when it's happening and tell her, where did you go? Come back. Mm-hmm. 
If you can mm-hmm. keep her in her body, the orgasm won't keep running away. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> but you know, orgasms are fearful or scary for some women. Oh, yeah. Well, it's the most vulnerable thing you can experience. Yes, it is. It it really is. And so for some, you know, that disconnect happens because they're afraid of the vulnerability. Which I totally get. And um, I'll just call myself fearless. <laughs> I love, love orgasms. Because I want to I have a whole bunch of orgasms and yes. I want to be present in all of them. <laughs> yes. And more, please, please. Like, I'm quick to finish the orgasm and say, can I have another one? (laughs) Yes, me too. Me too. Or I'm not finished. Me too. I'm not done. I got to look. I'm not finished. Look, I can be (laughs) insatiable where the orgasms are concerned. I really love the way it feels. Um, And I love being completely surrendered to pleasure. Mm -hmm. I really enjoy that. And it's very difficult for me to be completely surrendered to pleasure if the other person is not equally or in the same zip code in the terms of emotional intelligence. <laughs> if, I agree with you. If they're not there, no. it's very difficult to be, because it doesn't feel safe. Right, exactly. It doesn't feel safe. And I think yeah, that's, and that's so important. It is like safety and security, I think, is one of the most important things to make sex pleasurable, but it's not something someone talks about. Like to be like, I need to feel comfortable enough to take off all of my clothes and let you put part of yourself inside of me. Mm-hmm. That's vulnerable. It is. It really is. It really is. And so safety is a really important element. Like the feeling of being able to feel like I can be comfortable enough to be in the most vulnerable position with you. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, yeah. But isn't it so interesting that we take emotion out of it when it's like that? That's why it doesn't make any sense to to remove Mm -hmm. emotion. Like we often want to. I mean, because even if it's casual for me, even if it's casual, I want I want some emotion to be present. I want there to be some emotional intimacy. It is. You know, that's that's the challenge for most people um, to, to be able to keep the emotion in it feel vulnerable, and feel safe at the same time, you know? Absolutely. That's a challenge for a lot of people. It yeah, really I think is. that if, if we can create intimacy with ourselves, it becomes much easier to create intimacy with others. That's true because I always tell people the dick is what you make it. It really is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's all what you make it. I mean, yes, they're they're there and hopefully they'll be present and all of that. However... Your pleasure is totally dependent upon you. Absolutely. 100%. And, but you know, like the way that we've been conditioned is to believe that it's a man's job to make a woman come. No. And that's what, and and so a lot of men go in with, with like, it's a job. They approach it like it's a job. They do. Exactly. Oh, they do. They really do. Yeah. But however, that's not okay. That is not. No, it's not. It's not okay at all. But as long as we know what we have to do, right? it makes it kind of easier for them because I allow the men that I'm with to relax. Like, just relax. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do, you don't have to do all that. Let's just flow. You know, mm-hmm. let's just flow. You don't have to jump through hoops or any of this. Just be, be cool and be still for yes. a minute. You know, mm-hmm. Look, I'm just right relax for a second. 
And breathe. Don't forget to And breathe. breathe. Yes. Let's <laughs> breathe. <laughs> yes. Let's breathe. And breathing helps you to stay in the room. It, it does. Helps you to stay. You cannot time travel when you're consciously breathing. It's impossible. You can't. You cannot. But do you know how many people hold their breath when they're about to have an orgasm? Or or when they're about to do anything. Yes, and it's they, true. They create anxiety. So it's all these people that are on anxiety medication when really the only thing they need to do is breathe. Breathe. Yes. <laughs> it's so true. That you're putting your, <laughs> your body, your nervous system is in shock all the time because you keep holding your breath. So your body is in a yes, constant state you don't of want to breathe. Like, fight or flight all the time. And so yes, that's true. anxiety, you're not breathing. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true. Oh my goodness. Uh, what are we going to do? Exactly. Okay. So last question, how do you like to be taken care of after sex? Like what's your mm. preference? I love to cuddle afterwards. Mm. Sometimes it depends. It depends on the situation and the circumstance. You know, sometimes I'm like, I have so much energy, you know, sex energizes us mm-hmm. as women. And so for men, it depletes them. So they're like, they need a minute. They need to sleep, blah, blah, blah. But for sometimes for me, I'm ready to get up and clean the house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, woo, I can go shopping right now. Right. Um, so it just depends on the situation and the circumstance. And so, you know, sometimes I, I want to cuddle. Sometimes I just want to get up and do stuff. Um, yeah, because I know with certain people, it's just so amazing that afterwards I have all this energy. Like I could just. I could just do whatever I need to do. And because the creative juices are flowing, you want to get up and create some stuff. Like I'll have all these great ideas like, okay, I need to write all this stuff down. I need to start journaling because all these amazing ideas are just coming and flowing. And it's just, you know, it's just a flow. Mm-hmm. And so you want to tap into that flow and you don't want to miss it. You just, I just want to write things down. Like, okay, tomorrow I can do this and this and that and this. And I can, you know, just create all these new products and all this other stuff. And I'm going to add these new herbs to my bee steam. Yes. Because, yeah, because, you know, those creative juices are just flowing. That portal, that 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 spiral in our womb has been activated. And it's just spinning. It's That's just so spinning. Nice. So I'm so grateful for the conversation. Thank you so much for joining me and for sharing. Oh, it was my pleasure. I have enjoyed you so thoroughly. Thank you. Likewise. (laughs) This was like amazing. And I learned a couple of things. Yeah. Look, me too. (laughs) 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 Me too. Like I love, there is nothing that I enjoy more than being nourished and fed through exchange with with people that I connect with in my heart space. Like, yeah, like that immediately when we started talking. I agree. I definitely agree. And we need, we have to feed off of one another because we give out so much yes. in the course of a day. We give out so much that we have to be in a space where we can receive some of what we give. We have to get that nourishment so that we can continue to be as powerful as we are. That's what Ab- it's all about. Absolutely. And I think, it's important for women to support each other for that reason. It is, for that reason. And we are meant to be united. And mm-hmm. that's why I think, you know, like it's, it's again, it's, it's trendy, you know, like sisterhood, sisterhood, but it's like a real thing. It's, there's a reason it that if you're around women, your body will sync up to the same rhythm. 
Like mm, yes. There's yes. a reason for that because our bodies rem- our bodies remember one another. Mm-hmm. It's not that you're getting to know your body remembers. It's like you that is so body, true. Like your body remembers her. And that's the reason your body is like, okay. And that's how you end up in the same flow. That's true. That is so true. That is so true. Oh my goodness. Yes. So true. So thank you so much for holding such beautiful space for women, for facilitating and allowing women to release and holding your hand, their hands through the journey. Like that is so powerful and so needed. And thank you for, for being so ethical. <laughs> like, thank you for being so ethical in your, in the way that you facilitate these things. Because like I said, you can here in California, <laughs> like, Wow. You at a manicure at the same damn time. It's really- <laughs> Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah, but this is a spiritual journey. You know, at some point we all will begin to realize that this, this, this journey is nothing, it's nothing about the flesh. It's all about the spirit and being able to connect on a whole nother level. Yep. Absolutely. And that's where the beauty is. The beauty isn't, you know, on this physical thing, because this will pass. The beauty is on that spiritual connection. Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, I have felt every ounce of that today. Well, thank you. Likewise. Likewise. This was amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. The Sensuality Project is produced, edited, and hosted by me. Music by bensound.com. The Sensuality Project Podcast is a production of StacyHerrera.com.